Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Well, I'm, I'm going to speak for the next few minutes about the test. The test is in the transfer and um, I'm going to be talking for the next two weeks, this week and next week on prayer. And uh, I, I want to tie in the importance of prayer into Independence Day. I'm going to be talking about Independence Day and what it means for India. But, but I want to tell you something. Prayer is all about going to God in moments when you need Him most. I mean, it's, it's about relationship. It's about, it's about, you know, getting before Him and, 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 and seeing what He's got to say. And a lot of people approach prayer as the right thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Who's ever felt guilty when they haven't prayed enough? Anybody felt? I've felt guilty, right? I, I felt that like, you know, suddenly you have a need. Who knows what I'm talking about? You have a need and you're like, gosh, I better pray about this need. And then you start praying about the need and then you start feeling that creeping guilt sensation of like, oh man, the last time I prayed was like, oh my gosh. And you, and you start forgetting about what you need and you're like, God, forgive me. I have, it's been so long. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, I mean, that's okay. You're normal. And God knows. God knows. He, just, he is waiting for you to come to Him. And as we build prayer into our lives and build a habit of prayer and, and pick it up, and maybe today, if, if anything, today could be a day where if you haven't been praying, it's not something that you need to feel guilty about because you're forgiven, right? Jesus forgave you on the cross. It's all done there. It's not about trying to do the right thing. What it is about is getting back to Him. And he wants you to build a well in your life, a well of prayer that you can drink from that will keep, you keep your thirst quenched at all times. Anybody want that? Yeah. I want that. It's there for you. It's 100% access all times. You just turn to him. But let me tell you something. The test of life is in the transfer. I'm going to explain what that means. The test of life is in the transfer. When you start to think about moving on into Christ, when you start to think about doing things that Christ is calling you into that are maybe greater than anything you've done before, it might be as simple as, as moving into following, following Him. It might be something because you may have just decided to follow Jesus and He has called you to, to stand up in a way that you've never stood up before. There may be old habits that, that God is saying, hey, listen, you need to break those habits. There may be trouble in your family that you know is there, that you're kind of ignoring, that you're pretending is not there, but God is putting his hands on it and saying, you need to deal with that. You need to forgive that person. You need to get back those relationships right. There are things in our world that God is always calling us into, right, that we don't want to do. Who knows what I'm talking about? But let me tell you something. The test that, that we get pulled into is in the transfer. It's all good and well to say, yes, Lord, I want you in my world. Jesus, I want to follow you. He says, good, come follow me. But while you're following me, there's some baggage that you need to let go of that you're holding on to that needs to go. And you're like, I don't want to let go of that. Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't want to let go of that. That's something I need. That's something that I've had all my life. That's something I can't overcome that. No, that's going to always stay the same. If you, if you have come into Christ and, and, and if you're the kind of person that is starting to say, you know what, I'm not going to accept the status quo. 
I'm going to start dreaming larger than I've ever dreamed before. I'm going to start believing for stuff I've never believed for before. I'm going to start moving into an area of faith that I've never moved into before. Let me tell you something. You're up for a test. And as you transfer into the thinking that you need to be in, I loved what Kate talked about this morning in terms of emotions. As you, as you go, I'm going to make a choice. You know, it might be as simple for some of us as getting to church on a, on a Sunday morning. You know, one of the things, the biggest battles that I have seen as new Christians come in and get to become believers, the biggest battle they've had to fight from day one of, of accepting Christ into their life is coming to church. You know why? The enemy knows this. There is a devil that doesn't want your victory. Let me tell you something about him. He is going to stop you from coming from, to church because he's going to stop you. Why? Because he, there's victory here. Faith comes by hearing, right? And you're going to hear some stuff that's going to get... But I, I only preach from the Word here. I don't preach from anything else. I preach from this thing. That's the Bible, right? I preach from here. And in this, there's faith that will get built into your world. There's faith. You've got to get to church. In that worship, we're not doing that as a performance. No way. We're not doing that as a performance. Why are we doing that? Because we want to lift up the name of God. Because when his name is lifted up, his presence comes and rests in this place. And we get blessed as a result, right? You're going to get blessed here. And some of you, it's just a fight. Your, your, your test is just getting to church. If you've got a friend like that, anybody got a friend like that, they've come and they're like having trouble getting to church every Sunday. You need to go and pick them up. Go and tick the side of their bed. It's like, get out of bed, you lazy bum. Come to church now. Put your kilter pajamas on. Whatever, put anything on. Come to church. Put something on. A lungi, like Keith. Keith, can you do a lungi dance? No, then you... <laughs> I don't know how to do... What is it? So... <laughs> if you do it, your lungi might fall off, brother. So let's, let's just... Uh... That, um, I'm not into that kind of church growth. <laughs> Listen to me, you've got to hear this. God has called you out. He's called you out of where you presently are. You've got to believe this. Look at your neighbor and say, God has called you out. Where you presently are, thank you. Where you presently are, where you are right now, and you know there's stuff in your world that you've got to change. And you can do all that you can to try and change it yourself, but God is calling you out of that. He's saying, come follow me. Now, you can stay there and try to change it yourself, but it's not going to change. But if you follow him and step out of your status quo, you step out of your place and start listening to the word, start listening to what people are saying around you from church and the preaching and all of that and start putting into place. It's going to be a, the biggest test of your faith ever because the test is in the transfer and you need to be praying all, all the way through that if you're not if you're not in relationship with Jesus, if you're not in relationship with Christ in that moment, it's not going to work out for you. It'll just be another thing that you try to do, that you tick off the list. I tried to do that and it didn't work out for me. Everything here, even this church, everything that exists that is attached to this Bible, everything it speaks about all comes out of a place of prayer. It all comes out of a place where you are communing with God, where you are in relationship with Him. He wants that so much for you. I know what it's like when there's tension. I know what it's like when God has called you into breakthrough. The first thing you begin to look at is yourself and everything you can't do. 
the first thing you start to look at is your failures. And, and your mind will go back on all the times that you did fail. And it'll be like a listener. See, you are failing, so why try? Let me tell you something. I know what it's like. But you've got to hear something. The test is in the tension, in the transfer. The test is in the transfer. The test is in the transfer. You might want to take ground for your family. You know, we just did this money series on the last three weeks. I think it was one of the most important series I've spoken on, on since I've begun this church. Why? Because there's got to be breakthrough in this nation in, in finances. India does not have a money problem. India does not have a money problem. India has a greed problem. And Jesus wants to set it free from that bondage. Anybody believe me on that? You, you may have heard the series I spoke on. It's up online if you want to listen to it. And you're like, you know what? I need to get breakthrough. I want to buy a house in this city. And, and, and everybody's like, you can't buy a house. How are you going to get a loan? This, that, the other. But you start to believe for it. There's going to be a test in that transfer. There's going to be a test in the kind of faith that you're going to need in order to be able to do that. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's going to be a test as you try to break habits. You know, when you come into Christ, like I was talking about that baggage, he's, there's some things that we have to let go of, ways of doing things, old pet habits that give us comfort. They're like those old dogs that we just can't kill. Yeah. And God's like, you know what? You've got you to gotta let go of those old things. They're over. They're done for you. Like, oh, I'm so comfortable with them. You know, I'm so, they're my things, you know. Test is in the transfer. It's going to be your biggest step of faith and it's going to put something on in the inside of you, a fight that has never been there before. And you're going to stand up taller. You're going to stand up more, more proud of yourself and who you are in Christ and you're not going to have that shame attached to you anymore. You're going to walk in victory. Does anybody want that? Yeah. I'm telling you something. It's there for you. You might be trying to change old thought patterns. You might be trying to throw off the molds that have been set by you by other people. For other people, you know, you know, other people may have this, this pattern that they're trying to fit you into. And, and you, you, you feel it in certain environments and certain places. And you're like, you know what, some, some of these people are trying to put things on me that aren't mine. There's this great story of, 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 of David and Saul when, when there was a giant. There was a giant, this giant called Goliath. And, and, and he could see, David could see. He was this little guy, small, little fella. And he, he was an orange-haired young man. We got any orange-haired young men here? I was going to make you stand. We've got some orange hair over there. There you are. <laughs> I won't say names. But, but he's this orange-haired little guy. He sees this giant. He's like, I can, I can take out that giant. And the king, Saul, he says, listen, if you want to do that, go ahead. Why don't you wear my armor? And, 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 and David says, okay, he puts on the armor and the armor doesn't fit. The armor doesn't fit. He throws off the armor and he goes back to what he knows. He goes back to what he knows about. See, God had trained him in, in the past to, to, how, to take out, how, how to take out lions. And he, the way he'd take out lions was with a sling and a stone. He went to the stream. He picked up five smooth stones. He gets his sling. He walks up to that giant. says, how dare you? How dare you call out against the people of God? Throws the rock, kills the giant. Goliath standing there with his, I mean, uh, Saul standing there with his armor. Drops his armor. Watches David chop off this giant's head. 
Let me tell you something. The test is in the transfer. People are going to try and put things on you that aren't yours. You've got to understand that Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit has put a coat on your, on your, on your back that is yours. And, and no human can put it on you. No man, no woman can put it on you. Only God can. And, and there is going to be a test as you walk in that and on into that. You'll walk into a test, though, and the devil will take all lengths to prove that you cannot make it. Well, you can say to the devil this. You can say, you know what, devil? I can't, but that doesn't scare me. You, 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 your, your addictions, you can say this, guys. I cannot overcome them. Just tell the devil, man. Tell him. But add to it this. But I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Come on, let's give God a clap. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You know, when, on, on Independence Day, Modi in his speech, I think he gave a speech a few days ago, on, I think it was the 8th, and he made reference to the Quit India movement that Mahatma Gandhi put in motion not very far from here. At, where was that place? I wrote it down, so I... Oh, Gawalia Tank. Gawalia Tank. Okay, it was a tank where they used to wash cows. And there was a big open space there. Now, the British, you know this, I'm telling you guys, if you've all been to school at India, whatever. But I learned about it this week and I enjoyed it. At this Gawalia Tank, the British said, listen, you cannot gather together in this place. But they gathered there. And Gandhi stood up. And he said, it's time to quit India. He spoke to Britain and he said, it is time for you to move on out. India is going to stand up on its own two feet. And Modi made reference to it in, the, on, on, in this speech. And I, was, I, I, I looked up when I, when I saw it. I, I, was, I was listening to it. And, and I'm like, man. And he said, this is what Modi said. He said, it's time for, for, for these things to quit India. He said, it's time to expel problems like corruption, like communalism, communalism like terrorism, like casteism, like poverty, as well as dirt forever from the country by the year 2022. Come on, come on. Yo, you can give God a clap. That's awesome. But we all know this. When Gandhi stood up and he said those words, moments later, uh, the British stood there and they fired out tear gas on that crowd. People fled for their lives. And, and the Brits did move on out of India. They moved on out. But let me tell you something. That was where the test began for India. And there were so many bad and sad things that happened. Things that should never have happened when the border was split. And I know we have people here today that would have, that would, would have come across on those trains. And where the many died. And all of the injustices happened. And it wasn't fair. Let me tell you something. As India stands up, it wasn't that long ago. As India stands up and starts to stand on its own two feet, let me tell you something. The test will be in the transfer. It ain't going to be easy. I've had so many conversations with people and they start to talk about corruption. They say, oh, things like, oh, it's never going to change. You, know, you don't know how deep it is. You don't know how, how far that vein goes in this country. Even they're corrupt. Even these couple, even they're, you know, all of those kind of conversations. Let me tell you something. We have to believe for this nation. We have to be praying for it. If nobody else is, it has to be the church. It's not just a, a far off idea. 
When you start to say that those words, it can't, it can't ever happen, stop yourself and just believe it can. Believe that Jesus wants to see this nation rise further than it ever has. I want to tell you something. There are so many people that are looking to go away from India. But right now, in this very present moment and over the next five, year, you, five years, you're going to see more people like my colored skin moving into this country. You know why? Because they know this is where the money is and they know this is where the opportunity is because it's India's time. It's time for you to stop looking over there and start looking here to where everyone's moving. Where everyone's investing. Start praying about it. Lay down that idol. If you've always needed to go over there because you think it's better over there, listen, you're going to be disappointed. I lived over there. I grew up there. It's all right. The green grass and the neat parks and everything is nice. But after a while, it's like, "Eh, whatever. Because life isn't about that. Life is about what God has called you to. Life is about what God's called you and your purpose. That's what your life is about. That's what is going to bring you satisfaction. And, and you've got to get into prayer. We have to stand up for this nation. You have to stand up for yourself on your own two feet and believe that you can move forward, that you can move out of the things that you have been bound by for all of these years. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to expel the problems in your life. It's time to quit India. Yep, all of those problems. It's also time to quit all that stuff out of yourself. Anyone with me on that? What does the Bible say about this? You see, the thing is, the Father knows this. He knows that there is going to be a test for you. He knows that there is going to be trials for you as you try to get on out of the things that you've been bound by. He knows. He knows. That's why He sent the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is a helper and that He's a comforter. He sent the Holy Spirit, which is God Himself, present here this morning for anyone who would accept Him into their lives. He's here. He's here. And he's just waiting. He's knocking at the door. Would you believe that it's really that simple? Would you believe that it's that simple that Jesus died on the cross all those years ago for all of your sins, that you could turn from your sins and be forgiven and be made whole before him and you could have access to the very throne room and the resources of heaven to live your life today? Would you believe it? See, there's so many references to the, in the Bible about this, but one I want to talk about was, was there was a test for a guy named Solomon. Who knows who Solomon is? It's okay if you don't. Solomon, known as one of the wisest men in history, and, and he, was, he was a guy in the Bible. Now, he came to a place where he was a young man. It's in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 4 to 15. He came to a place where his father, David, was dying and he died and he was next in line to become king but he was a young man he didn't know what to do he didn't have the wisdom to be able to pull off the responsibility that had just been put in his lap who knows what that's like who's come into a place where you're like you get that promotion and you've been fighting for it for like the last five years and all of a sudden you don't know how to do it who knows what i'm talking about like, man, I want that increment increase. I want that pay rise. And you get the pay rise and, you do, and your boss says, now listen, these are the 10 other things that I want you to deal with. Here's your team of 50 people. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> this is what Solomon was going into. He went into a place where he did not know what to do. And this is what he did. He went and prays. In, I'll, take it from, um, I'll take it from verse 4. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices 
for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Now let me just stop there before I move on. I'm just going to step off to the side and just say we don't do that anymore. Okay, we don't have to do that. Why don't we have to do that anymore? We don't have to offer burnt offerings because Christ was our offering. Jesus, the whole reason for Jesus dying on the cross is he made the perfect sacrifice needed to honor God. He himself was the sacrifice that he himself got himself on that cross. God, he obeyed God and put himself on that cross in order to be the sacrifice so that we don't have to go to any high place anymore. The high place is right here where we just offer ourselves to him. And it's an offering that is acceptable because we have been redeemed by the Redeemer. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Jesus paid the price. This was before Jesus came. So they had a different way that they would honor God. It's all different now. It's a lot easier now. Where was I? So at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David. But, but, everybody say but. but. There's always a but. There's, you know, everything God calls you into, there's always a but. There'll always be that person that you're, 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 you're firing off your dreams, you're firing off what you feel God has called you to do, and they'll say, but it's never been done. But such and such tried and they failed, and you'll fail too. But... Sometimes it'll be yourself. It'll be your own head. The Bible says that our heart deceives us. It'll be your own heart that says, but you've always failed in this area. Where was I? But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. I don't know if you've ever, if you read this story before, this is... Solomon's confession that he does not know what to do in order to fulfill his responsibilities as king. He had no idea. Your servant here is among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count by number. I'm threatened by this, God. What the? What have you called me into? And then he prays this. He says, so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to dis distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth or for yourself, nor have you asked for the, the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone like you 
nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have asked for, for both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands, as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized he was having a dream. Anybody want a dream like that? I wouldn't mind a dream like that. In his dream, God had to get him into a place where he's actually praying in his dream. You know, I I would say this. I think Solomon was so overwhelmed and so threatened that when all of the accolades were finished, when all of the day was gone, when he's been knighted and all the king and whatever else they were crowned and whatever the, the, the procedure was to bring in a king, when all of that was finished, he just went and slept. Who just sleeps when they're overwhelmed with stuff? It's the best. Thank God for that. Nice long shower, big long sleep. I think that's what he did. But God, in his grace and mercy, just like the grace and mercy he has for you, visits Solomon in his rest and teaches him what he was really like. And teaches him that prayer is actually about a relationship where you can bring even the worst of yourself to him and not worry. Oh my gosh, so many people are trying to get themselves right before God. Let me tell you something. He just wants you to come as you are. And and he most wants you to bring your failures to him. He most wants you to bring your impossibilities to him. He most wants you to bring your brokenness to him. That's what he wants. And in that, that's where the miracle lies. And see, Solomon, he was in a test because he was transferring from being a normal person, just walking the street into being a king. Just like you, when you come into Christ... You, you, you take on yourself an inheritance of the Most High King, the God who created the world, who created the universe, who created everything. It's all yours. You get wealth beyond your wildest dreams. And, and, and God will begin to show you His ways. I'm not just talking about physical wealth. You're like, what is He talking about? I'm talking about, I mean, God will begin to bring that into your world if you, if you begin to follow Him and, and, and honor His ways. But he, he, he gives you His whole kingdom. He says, it's yours. And you step into, uh, from being this person into a person who is actually a king. You know, the Bible tells us that when we sit in heaven, we'll be ruling and reigning with God. You're a king when you come in. You're a queen when you come into the Most High God, when you come into with Jesus. That's what you are. But the test will be in the transfer, just like it was for Solomon. The test was in the transfer. But what does Solomon do in his prayers? He just gets vulnerable before God. He gets vulnerable before God. I want you to, some some of you need to learn that you can just be vulnerable before God. What do I pray about? Pray about your weakness. I don't know what to pray about because I'm, I, I have to get it all right before God, don't I? No. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just pray with reverence. Pray about your weakness. Pray about what you struggle with. Pray about the things that you tr- try your hardest to, to overcome and, and fail. Try, pray about the things that you try your hardest to, to actually 
you know, see things through. Pray about your lack of vision if you haven't got a, a, a vision. Pray about your lack of ability to believe if you have that problem. Pray, pray about all of the stuff that you've been praying about for 20 years and never seen it change. Pray about it. Pray about it. But pray this. It's 2 Chronicles, chapter 1, verse 10, is where it also references the same moment. I've just got to find it. I forgot to put my markers in today. Solomon says this. He says, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Give me wisdom and knowledge. Sometimes if your situation isn't changing, what you actually need is a new set of eyes. You need to see it differently. If if you're finding that things are just remaining the same, if you're finding that you've, you had a dream all this time ago to do something and you felt it was God and you fasted and you prayed and you got on your face before Him and you believed and you knew that it was what He had for you, but it's not happened or it's not happening or you're finding yourself failing along the way, you need to pray for one thing, wisdom. You need to pray for a discerning heart that you would begin to hear the voice of God. See, that's what prayer is about. Prayer is about hearing God. Boy. I've never done that before. How do I hear God? That is between Him and you. And He's going to teach you just like He taught Solomon. All it just starts with is you believing that that is possible. Give me wisdom, God. Give me wisdom for my, for my failures. Give me wisdom where I don't know where to, where, where, where to turn right now. Give me a discerning heart. My dad taught me this when I was young, when I was just becoming a pastor. He said, Ryan, before every meeting that I ever do, one thing I do is I just... Get before God, before the meeting begins, and I pray this simple prayer. I say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, let me be sensitive to your voice. And I go from there, and every time, you know, he sees God move in, in great and mighty ways. He's planted churches all over the place. He's done a great, great job. I love my dad. It's the same for you. You can pray that, and I still pray that prayer. I pray that prayer before everything. If I'm walking into important meetings... If I'm walking into moments where I know that there's going to be conflict, if I'm walking into church situations about to preach, I'm like, God, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to know what you got to say because I know your wisdom outdoes all of mine. And I know that you're all I need. Anybody want that? It's yours. It's there for you. That's what he did. Give me wisdom and knowledge of God. Why did he pray for wisdom? Because that's what he lacked in. He prayed about his lack. Why did Solomon pray for wisdom? Because that's what he lacked. He didn't know how to rule that kingdom. And if it wasn't for God coming through for him, he would have failed. He would have been nowhere. It's the same for us. Pray about your lack. Pray that God would give you wisdom in that. Amen? What did God do? Well, he turned his biggest weakness to his greatest strength. I mean, look at this. If we go back to 1 Kings, verse 3. Oh, I missed it. Verse uh, 1 Kings, chapter 3, verse 7. I don't know if it's gone up there. 3, verse 7. No, that's the wrong one.
verse 12. When he asks for wisdom, God says, I've already read it to you, but I want you to hear it again. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will, will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I'm going to give you more than that. I'm going to make you no equal among kings, he says. He says, if you walk in obedience and keep my decrees, I'll give you a long life. I'll give you wealth. <laughs> God gave him so much more than what he asked for because he came to God with his lack and asked for wisdom. You just got to come to God with your lack. You just got to come to God with what you can't do and he'll do the rest. Amen? <clears throat> So what did Solomon do? Let's think about this. Solomon, it says in the beginning there that he went to the best place to pray. He went to the highest place. At that point, they didn't have a temple that wasn't built. Solomon built the temple. So they didn't have any really place in that. They didn't have any place in, in Solomon's town to pray. So he thought, where shall I go? So he went to the most, the most, like, you know, the most important prayer place, which was up in a mountain. And he went up there. He traveled a few days and he got before God. This is what Solomon did. I want you to hear this. Solomon found the best place to pray. Now we have the best place to pray. You might think it's here. This is a good place to pray. It's not bad. You might think it's, you might think it's some special place. You might think it's some other country or other nation where, where, where God might hear your voice more there. No. Where, where's the best place for us to pray? Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 6. You're going to be surprised. Some of you already know this. You know where I'm going. And you're kind of laughing on the inside going, okay, Ryan's done some trick questions here. Jesus says this. He says, and when you pray, I'm starting from verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the street corners be seen by everyone right truly I tell you they have received their reward in full so for whatever what he's saying there is whatever whatever they were looking for for people to see them praying that's their reward that's all they got they received their reward in full Jesus says this but when you pray here's the best place for you here's the best place for me go into your room close the door pray to your father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you but God I don't know how to do it but God my marriage but God my financial situation right now but God my job but God, my husband is doing this. Oh, but God, my wife is doing, saying this. But God, I don't know how I'm going to afford. But God, I don't know if my credentials are enough for this. But God has been the same for so many years. But God, in the closet, in the secret place. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling the same thing over and over and over again like pagans. 
For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. You're not heard for your many words. You're heard for your heart. You don't have to do all of those things. Just pray. Expose your heart to God. Do not be like them. For your father. Everybody say your father. Your father. Your father. father. He knows what you need before you ask him. Where's the best place to play? Pray. Where's I got my words. I said the place to play. Where's the best place to pray? Secret place. You and God. Now, some of you are like, yo, hold up. I ain't got no closet in my house where I can pray. I know some of these Indian houses, you know, you can't get away from anyone. <laughs> I don't know. Hello, house cleaner, trying to sit here and pray and you've come, knock, 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 the bread man comes, knock, 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 the newspaper man comes, the fish walla, this walla, everybody's a walla walla, oh my gosh, it's hard, sometimes it's as simple as, man, I'm just going to set that alarm, I'm going to get up earlier than I ever have before, I'm going to make that place, I'm going to stay up half an hour later when everybody else has gone to bed. I'm going to make that time. I'm going to go, instead of watching, instead of watching two hours of t- TV, I'm going to watch an hour and a half and spend half an hour praying. I'm just going to go for a walk in my suburb, go for a walk and pray in time and pray, get before God in my secret place. And He sees what is done in secret. You can ask for all the advice you can get. That's important. That You need people in your world to be advising you, helping you, to giving you a hand up. But let me tell you something. The most high place is where you need to be. All of those other things are only supplements to what God wants to do in your heart. When you're in the test, when you're in the test, when you can feel that pull, God's pulling you into something, you're like, I can't do it. Just get to prayer. Bring your lack before Him. He went to the best place to pray. Secondly, he knew his limitations and he took his limitations to prayer. Thirdly, he prayed for discernment. That's what he did. He went to the best place to pray. He knew his limitations and he took it to prayer and he prayed for wisdom and discernment. That's all you have to do. And God will see you through on that. I want to show you something as a result of that prayer, as a result of that moment with God. In 1 Kings, chapter 4, verse 34. It says this. From all nations. All nations. I want you to stand. I feel this is prophetic for India. I feel this is prophetic for our nation. Listen, if nobody else is praying for Mumbai, if nobody else is praying for India, it needs to be us. We need to pray for wisdom for our leaders. We need to pray for wisdom for those who are in, in, in leadership over our nation, in leadership in business. You need to be praying for them. It doesn't matter what walk of life they are, where they're from, what they're doing. Don't worry about that. Just pray for them. This is for you. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Sent by all the kings of the world who had come, who had heard of his, what was his lack Wisdom. God gave him wisdom. 
and the whole world found out about it. The entire known world came to know because it came from him. It's the same for you. It's the same for this nation as we stand on Independence Day this week and believe for our nation that it would rise out of the ashes and become the great nation that it's meant to be, the great nation that it already is. As you try to come o- overcome your addictions, as you try to overcome your stuff, as you try to walk into what God has for you, your lack, as you bring it before God in prayer, is going to be your strength. I said your lack is, is, is going to be your strength. Someone needs to believe me. Your lack is going to be your strength. Oh, I can feel the presence of God right here. Just open your hearts to the Lord. Your lack. If you've got some lack here this morning, I want you to lift your hands towards God and just receive. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray for every need that is represented here. Every breakthrough that is needed. Lord, we come to you with our lack. We come to you as broken people who haven't got it right, Lord God. And we come and we turn to you and say, God, give us wisdom. Give us the knowledge. Give us the abilities. Give us the know-how. Guide us, Lord God, where we can walk the path that you've put before us and not get distracted, not get taken off. In Jesus' name. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along? 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 